Uh, Take your Bibles this morning and turn to uh, James, the uh, fifth chapter. James, the fifth chapter. Uh, We're going to look at the eighth verse through the eleventh verse, where I really want to concentrate uh, is the eleventh verse. Uh, We have certainly uh, been uh, in this uh, territory uh, over the last several years uh, many times. Uh, This morning I was thinking uh, about preaching. I've I've done it now for uh, almost uh, 30 years uh, and I thought uh, a, a lot of preaching is um, academia, uh, it's uh, study, uh, a lot of um, those kind of things. Some of it's hype nowadays, some of it's fake, some of it's entertaining. I'm, I mean, you can name it, but uh, God just simply uh, gave me, I, I just preach out of the heart uh, on what God, uh, I feel like, would want us all to have as, as, as we get ready to go uh, into uh, the new year, and I had no idea how the last uh, couple weeks would develop, so they were certainly uh, preparation uh, going into uh, this message uh, this morning, because uh, I'm not here to, to a, a lot of preachers, uh, as we get ready to go into the new year, uh, they want to lay out a lot of vision, they want to lay out a lot of resolutions, they want to lay out a lot of stuff that they perceive that God's going to do. Now, they have nothing to do with whether or not God is going to do that. Now, don't get me wrong. I know the Bible says that without vision, the people perish. But I'm, I'm happy to report today as a messenger from God that I don't have to get up here and report about what God is going to do. I can report on what God has already done and what God is currently doing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, today I, I, I've done seeing God and our church has done seen God. I mean, we have seen God. When you think about these last 20 years and the fact that we have been able to see somebody get saved and somebody get baptized every single week for 20 consecutive years, that, that's not putting out a vision. That's not saying what you hope God is going to do. That's what God has already done. We got people here this morning that has been diagnosed with some cancer. We got some folks here this morning that have gone through some stuff that should have wiped them out, but they said in here, this morning on the last day of this year and they're here and they're praising God and thanking God for all that they have been able to get through, for all that they have gone through. And so in my personal opinion, this is a personal opinion, you can agree with it or disagree with it, I praise God that today I can stand here not giving you something uh, that God is going to do, but I can report on what God has already done, and what God is certainly doing. This morning, I, I want to preach a message because it was interesting over these last few weeks, I've, I've had family in really for the last two months, and, and over these last two weeks, it's kind of been kind of wild. I would be at the grocery store, and I, I would be at like, like, like going down aisle two, and I would get a phone call from somebody, and that person is in the process of perhaps maybe losing a loved one. And then I would get over to aisle 10 before I would even leave that supermarket and somebody would be calling me and they're being omitted to the hospital. And then I would get a text about somebody that's already lost somebody. And then I would get an email of somebody from somewhere else that uh, has just been given only a few weeks to live. And then I would get another phone call of somebody that's entering the hospital. And then I'd get another phone call of somebody that's getting out of the hospital. And, 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 and you name it, 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 it it's, it's kind of been wild. And I thought about all the things in life that you and I go through. The things that we need to be prepared for. You see, you, you don't have to prepare for good times. If, if you're used to Disney World experiences, 
You're used to waking up every single day with uh, money in your pocket and change is not foreign to you. You don't have to prepare for that because that's easy living. That's good living. When everything's going good, you don't have any son or daughter prodigals and all the family is rejoicing and Merry Christmas and, and Santa's coming and the stockings are full and everything's good, then man, you don't have to prepare for that. But what you got to prepare for is in the midnight hours, in the times of darkness, in the times of you can't always see God or you can't always figure God out. That's when you've got to understand how you get through what it is that you've gone through. And I use that get through what you've gone through because it's not always that you're going to be prepared when you're going through it. But when you get through it, it's then that you look back and you're able to see that if you handle it correctly, God will be more to you in the aftermath than he was at the beginning. Because really, you don't learn anything from God in the Disney World experiences. When you got good health and you got a lot of money in your pocket and you're going to Disney World and you're driving to your job every day and cashing your check and smiling all the time, you don't really learn much from those times. But when you really learn in life about who God is, that's the problem with some people. They don't really know who God is because they ain't gone through enough yet. But when you go through enough, you'll eventually begin to understand who God is and what he means to you. You know, this morning I was just kind of studying some of the people in life that have gone through things. And it's astonishing to discover how many authors of our hymns had some forms of disabilities. They wrote out of difficult experiences in their life. Perhaps we fail to realize that with trials and tribulations, there becomes a new understanding of God. You know, I'm convinced on this last day of 2023, the reason why some people don't understand God is they ain't really got to the bottom of the barrel yet. They ain't really had to, had to trust God yet. And if you ain't never really had to trust God yet, then you don't have that understanding of God. But if you ever personally get there, you'll understand it. You know, Fanny Crosby, we know that she was blind. Imagine being blind. And she penned a lot of hymns, but uh, one of the hymns she penned was, To God Be the Glory. To God Be the Glory. Charlotte Elliott was bedridden. She was actually an invalid when she wrote the great invitation hymn. She, she wrote this invitation. She, she's an invalid uh, laying in bed. She wrote, Just as I am, without one plea. Catherine Hankey wrote her hymns while being in the bed recovering from a serious illness. And one of those was, I love to tell the story of Jesus. Elisa Hewitt developed a severe spinal condition that left her paralyzed. And she wrote the song, When We All Get to Heaven. She must have been thinking about what it was going to be like when she was going to get to heaven and she would get over that spinal condition. Frances Ridley Harvagal was in poor health in her life and she died at the age of 43. But before she died, she penned the song, Take My Life, and she also penned the song, Let It Be, Who Is On the Lord's Side. William Cowper had bouts of severe suicidal depression and he penned the song, There is a fountain 
filled with blood. Joseph Screven had suffered from depression and despondency. Little friends around wrote a song. What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Harit Sio Sprafford wrote it as well with my soul. We all know the story. It is well with my soul after he lost his wife and three daughters when they drowned in a shipwreck. Thomas Dorsey wrote, Precious Lord, take my hand. What a song. Thinking about the end. Precious Lord, take my hand after his wife died, giving birth to a son. And his wife would also die. Darlene Zestrick experienced dark days in her life and life becomes so unbearable. She turned to Psalms 96 and she wrote a song entitled Shout to the Lord. Laura Klein, going through loneliness and financial strain, picked up a guitar and out of her mouth came, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Mark Bird, in deep despair, penniless, spent an entire weekend studying the Psalms, and out of that weekend came the song, God of Wonders, a song now used sometimes on space flights to awaken astronauts. A man by the name of Clyde Gordon, who was completely paralyzed, imagine this, this guy's completely paralyzed from his neck down, edited a magazine called The Triumph, called The Triumph. I mean, think about that. And he made this statement. He said, Christ is no security against storms, but he's a perfect security in storms. You know what? When you pick up your Bible, you need to understand that the Bible is a book of faith. I mean, I mean, I mean if you're looking for something to be proved, I mean, I mean, it can certainly be proved to me, but maybe it can't be proved to you. But it's really about faith. It, 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 it's not about you. It, it, it's about faith. You've got to look around. Forsaking all, I trust him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But it is not just faith, but it's also a book that endures. It's people endures. It's faith through trials that overcomes. This year, just a few months ago, we began a new series on, on being an overcomer, what it would be and what it would mean to be an overcomer. And today, if you're sitting here in this service, you truly are an overcomer. The Bible is filled with details out of those that God used to overcome the world, that God used to overcome the flesh, God used to overcome the devil. And while some of their circumstances and situations differ from one another, all of them bear this common theme that they endured. They endured. They kept going forward in spite of all of the options that they could have taken. In spite of all the different ways they could have employed. They, they never gave up. When the road seemed long, they remained faithful. When they felt like they couldn't take that next step, they remained faithful. In their seasons of burdens that, that seemed to be greater than they were, they, they remained faithful. When, when the burden was heavily around their neck like a millstone, they remained faithful. They did what the Bible told them to do. They denied themselves. They, they picked up their cross daily and they followed him. So valiantly that the Bible records in the book of Hebrews, of these saints, the world was not worthy. The world was not worthy. Why? The world was not worthy of them because they all had their degrees from their seminaries and come from the right denominations. The world was not worthy of them because they were born on the right side of the tracks and had all the right affiliations. The world was not worthy of them because these were the ones you would want in your church to give big money so that they could get their name up in lights. 
The world was not worthy of these saints who overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil because no matter what life threw at them, they didn't give up. They said that I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness that I shall receive on the day of his glorious appearing. These are the saints that said, wherever he leads, I'm going to follow. These are the saints that said, though they slay me, yet I'm going to praise him. These are the ones that said that they believe that in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. These are the saints that said, no matter what the tribulation was, no matter what the troubles was, no, no matter what seemed to take place in life, the, the one thing that held them together, the one thing that they believed that is they had a faith in God. They might have not felt God. I mean, it might have not looked good on the outside. People may have made fun of them, but they had made up their mind that though they get slayed, though they die for the faith, they are simply going to trust in God and they are simply going to endure whatever it is that life throws their way. You know what, friends? Today, you need to understand that life's very short. The Bible tells us that life is like a vapor. It appeareth for a little while, and then it vanishes away. You and I are only here for a little time. It goes by very fast. It seems like just yesterday, we put all the stuff that you no longer see on this stage up. And we came in last week, and we took it all down. And before you know it, how many of y'all got your Christmas shopping done for 2024? <laughs> All I'm trying to tell you is that life is very swift. It is very fading. And you know what? You may not think it is, but I can tell you that it certainly is. And a lot of these older people here today, they can certainly tell you that. But when you endure as the saints endured, you believe in a Jehovah Jireh that the Lord will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. You believe in a God that in your hour of sorrow, sorrow that simply says, weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. You believe in a God that in a time of loneliness, he is the one that will never leave you nor forsake you. You believe in a God in a time of direction that he will make the crooked way straight. He will make the high places low and he will move mountains of impossibilities. He he makes ways where there seems to be no way. You believe in a, a God of wisdom who is a God that we serve that gives us the freedom and the ability to ask of him. You also believe in a God that is a deliverer. This morning, if it's a health situation, if it's a business situation, it's a marriage situation, I just want you to know that wherever you find yourself today, that you can get through what it is that you've gone through, but the very first thing that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to have a trust. You're going to have to have a faith in Almighty God. This morning, let's stand and let's read out of James 5. Out of James 5, we'll look at verse 8 through verse 11. This is the inspired Word of God. In this Word. Is a power to change lives. James 5, beginning with verse 8. Be ye also patient. It says to establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. 
Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy. We count them happy. We count them happy, which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we're thankful for your word. And Father, today it is strength for the weak, that it is hope for the hopeless, that it is light in a world full of darkness, that it is salvation to the lost. Lord, today we're thankful that we have a place to which we can go and consult your word. Father, we're thankful, Lord, for all that you've done in this past year. We're thankful, Lord, for what you are doing in this current year. And we're thankful, Lord, for what you're going to do in the next year. But, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would cause us, that you would teach us how it is that we can get through what it is that we've gone through. Lord, if there's somebody here today lost in need of you, I pray this could be a day of salvation. And it's in your powerful, mighty name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We have studied this uh, on many occasions, but the first thing I would want to say and kind of just provide a base for everything else that's going to get said in these next few moments is that you need to learn about life as life is very patternable. It's very patternable. You can break, break life down by any means necessary. You can call it life cycles. You can call it whatever you want. But you will find that life always seems to repeat itself. Every 24 hours, we have a new day. Every seven days, we have a new week. Every four weeks, we have a new month. Every 12 months, we have a new year. How many of y'all see a pattern there? You take 10 of those years, and you have a decade. And 10 of those decades, you have a century. And over and over again, we seem to measure time regardless of how uh, you pick it or how it ends up. And then we also see the environment and the economy. There seems to be a cycle. There seems to be a rhythm. There seems to be a pattern that gives us an understanding that everything that happens can happen or sometimes it will happen. And if you pay attention, you can be prepared whenever these things come your way. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 27 and 12 tells us a prudent man foresees evil, that, 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 that he foresees it. A prudent man foresees the evil and he hides himself and a simple man passes on and he perishes. How does a prudent man know what is coming down the road? It's because he has studied the patterns of the past and he pays attention to what is up ahead. He, he pays attention to the patterns. Proverbs 29 and 2 it lets us know that we can track all the way back from Genesis all the way forward to the book of Revelations. It says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. And when the wicked man rules, the people groan. You see, there is something about walking in proper relationship with God. 
that you're able to see through some of the things. The, the, the Bible lets us know that, that when you have a trust in God, when you have a faith in God, when you have a relationship with God, when you have fellowship with God, there's some things that, that you're able to foresee. It's going to be God whom we put our trust. Do you know in whom that we need to put our trust? It's not in the government, but it's in our God. Our God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Do you know whom we need to trust? It's not in some plan out of Washington, but a God who said that I will heal all your diseases. You know whom and who we have to trust? Not in a government, but in a God who says that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. You know in whom we need to place our trust? Not in a president, not in a governor, not in a mayor, but in God who has never failed. He who sits on the circle of the earth, he holds the mountains in the scale and the hills in the back. Him who is the shepherd of the stars and he is a mighty conquering king, the all-sufficient one. He is the strongest of the strong. He is the greatest of the great. He is our hiding place, your strong tower, your help in a time of trouble. He is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. When it's talking about here a hiding place, the psalmist is not talking about some place that you go and hide upon the earth. He's talking about a place that you can visualize, a place that you can see God, a place that you walk in perspective with God. You're able to see things that are not able to be seen by others. A place that you can simply be with God. Ecclesiastes tells us that there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. It says there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal. Time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, a time to, to, to go away, and a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. But the one thing Solomon never says there is there is a time that we just simply give up that we don't endure. If you're going through a difficult season, let me give you some encouragement that will last. That the joy of the Lord is our strength and that you can trust God in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through. Pay attention whenever you see the seasons change. Go to James 5 and verse 11 and we can understand the perseverance we can understand that those that were in lion's dens, those that were in fiery furnaces, those that, 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 that went through the storms and the difficulties of life. The Bible says it rains on the just as well as the unjust, the righteous as well as the unrighteous. But you've got to make up your mind that no matter what takes place, and you've got to do it before you get to that place. You've got to go ahead and make up your mind what it is that you believe. There's a lot of things that I can be wrong about. And there's a lot of things that are negotiable in my life. And there's a lot of things that I can compromise. But the one thing that I cannot or will never compromise on, and that is my faith and my belief and my trust in Almighty God. I believe that absent from Almighty God, we are going to bust hell wide open. But with a relationship with God and trusting in Him, one of these days, my best days will be found in heaven when I walk on the streets of gold and I spend all eternity with Almighty God. A lot of people don't have that assurance. A lot of people don't know a God like that. They think that the best 
that our created God could give them would be just simply this earth and this earth alone. How miserable they must be. How miserable they must be. If this is the best that God has to offer, we're in big trouble. I'm so thankful that my Bible tells me to be absent from the body is going to be to be present with Jesus. And every day that I wake up and every day that I'm on this planet, that's the one thing beyond any shadow of a doubt that I know. In verse 11, it tells us to consider Job. You may first want to say to God that you didn't deserve this or that. But what we see is God's divine plan. God was using Job because the Lord ultimately wanted Job to to give him some glory. And Job says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Job proves to us that bad things do happen to good people. And they do. It doesn't matter if you're bad, you're going to have some bad things happen to you. It doesn't matter if you're good, you're going to have some bad things happen to you. It's just the the way life is. The Bible says when it comes to prayer, and prayer is one of the biggest things that we need to have is because you need to have a relationship with God and you need to talk with him and you need to walk with him. The Bible says that we have not because we ask not. The Bible says also that we have not because we ask amiss. It's one thing to say that you're praying and it's another thing to pray properly. Proper prayer begins with the name of Jesus. Proper prayer is prayed in faith, believing, believing that you will receive. And proper uh, prayer is prayed in confidence, not in crying out, but calling on. You see, there's a lot of people that are constantly crying out. Why me, God? Why me? Don't you love me? Don't you care for me? But really, we ought to be calling upon God. And we ought to say that God, in this time, in this place, wherever we find ourselves, God, I may not understand. God, sometimes I don't see your hand, but God, I can always trust your heart. God, I don't understand the journey, but God, I know that you know the way. I know that you know everything, and I know that one of these days all things will be made right, and I'm just simply going to trust you, God. You see, in that hiding place, the the righteous uh, run into it and they are not forsaken. And we need to understand that we are not only not forsaken, our seed is never begging bread. We need to also believe in a God that many are the afflictions of the righteous. It says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Not a few, not some, not a couple, but it says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it says that the Lord delivers them out of them all. I believe that what I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What I lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So every evil force and weapon formed against me, I bind in the name of Jesus. I call upon the name of the Lord to deliver me from this yoke that we're all under. I call upon the name of the Lord to bring my family out of the storm that we've been going through. I call upon the Lord to open the windows of heaven and pour his blessings out so that we cannot be able to contain them. I call upon the Lord to lead us by the still waters and pastures that are green to bring our rod and our staff to comfort us and bring us goodness and mercy that will follow us all the days of our lives. You see, when you pray like that and you believe like that, And you have an assurance and a trust in Almighty God. God will move on your behalf. Let me just close. We won't tarry past time today. I know you've got something to eat and some places to go. But let me just say this. Not only do you need to have proper prayer, you need to have proper praise. Because 
The Bible lets us know that everything that has breath need to praise the Lord. Now, let me give you some bad news. First of all, you can go through this life and you don't never have to ever praise God. But one of these days, the Bible tells us that every knee is going to drop. And every knee is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So you can do it now or you can do it later. But one of these days, you're going to drop to your knees. And it may be too late then because the Lord may eventually say, depart from me. I never knew you. Because you don't have a relationship. I think that would be terrible. You know, I don't got time to preach a message on hell, but let me just tell you this. It says that that moment, that time will be so bad that you will literally gnash your teeth. Can you imagine that you would be so upset at your dumbness and your idiocracy that you would gnash your teeth? I mean, I've chipped a tooth and it hurts. I can't imagine gnashing my teeth because I'm going to be separated from God for all eternity. But that's what the Bible says. But it says every breath should praise the Lord. See, a lot of times in life, people don't know how to praise the Lord. Like I say, it's easy to praise the Lord when everything is good. But it's a whole other thing to learn how to praise the Lord when you're an invalid, when you're crippled, when you're blind, when you're paralyzed from the neck down. When you lost a mother in childbirth or you lost a son or daughter in childbirth and then you got to still praise the Lord. All those people and many more and examples of the Bible and people that we got in this place today. Some of you have gone through things that most of us would never ever go through and imagine and the devil would wipe a lot of us out. But here you sit on the last day of 2023 and you're here and you're worshiping God because you have faith. You have faith. Sometimes you're not going to feel God. Sometimes you may not see God. Sometimes you, you may wonder if, 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 if God is, is really there. We did a study on the Psalms not, not too long ago, but, but lamenting sometimes can be a form of arguing or pleading or crying out or whatever you'd want to call it. But it's you just having an honest dialogue with God. There's a lot of people that aren't very honest with God. That's why I think a lot of times... Uh, some of this uh, uh, preaching we have in today's world is to academia. See, I don't want somebody telling me something unless they've walked through it. I don't want somebody just being able to study it and tell me about it. I want somebody that's walked through some stuff. I, I want somebody that's gone through some stuff, that's got through the other side, that's gone through it, and then they can tell me that I still learn to trust God, even though I went through what it is that I went through. You see, this morning, as we get ready to go into 2024, I, I always say this, and, and, and I know it's very redundant and very repetitive, but, but friends, we're living in the last days. And I know a lot of people think, well, we've heard preacher after preacher say that, and the world's going to go on forever. Well, you, you can believe what you want, but one of these days we'll be right. One of these days will be the last day. And let me just tell you this, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he's coming back this time. He ain't coming back to ask questions. He's coming back to take charge. In this world, when the curtain is pulled back, there's going to be a lot of surprised people in this world. And you don't have to be very smart. You don't have to be a theologian or a scholar to understand that there's a God. The Bible even says that the demons believe that there's a God. But friends, you need to make sure that you have a relationship with God. And the Bible says the only way you can get that relationship 
is by way of Jesus calling you. And the only way that you get to God is through Jesus Christ. And this morning, if you're here and you're lost and you need the Lord, I want you to know the greatest decision you will ever make in your entire life is not who you marry. It's not how many kids you have. It's not what bank you bank with. It's not what car you drive. It's not what house you live in. The greatest decision you'll ever make in your life is the decision to follow and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. One of these things, I, one of these days when it happens, I don't want to leave no doubts for my family. I know y'all will be mourning me when I'm up there in the casket and kissing me and stuff, and y'all won't want to let the <laughs> funeral in. But I ain't going to leave any doubts as to where I'll be. I'm going to tell you that I know, but 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 I know. I'm going to be there. Now, whether or not you're going to be there or not, that's another question. I hope you're there. If you don't like me, one of these days, God will probably put your mansion right by me. But let me just tell you this, friends. You better make sure that you have a relationship with Christ. And let me just summarize it in case you went to sleep and you didn't hear anything. I'll just repeat this one time. I'll just go to one close. How do you get through what you've gone through? You got to have faith. And sometimes you will have to praise God on credit. I say this almost every single week. Sometimes you got to praise God on credit. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to show up at church and you ain't going to feel like showing up at church. And sometimes you're going to leave the hospital and you're going to wonder, God, why did I go through all I went through? God, why am I the one with cancer? God, why am I the one with all this sickness and disease? And sometimes you're going to have to have enough credit, enough borrowing power, enough brain power to go ahead and praise God anyhow, because you know he's a good God no matter what you're going through. And know that your best days are not behind you, but your best days are in front of you. You know what, everybody here this morning that's a Christian that knows the Lord, your best days are ahead of you. You know, I'll tell you this, this is my second close, I kind of lied. This morning, I got a little more wound up in the first service than I did the second service. And some of our homeless population, they were standing on their feet very early. It's about six or seven of them. And I mean, there are some of them, I mean, I mean we, we had an interesting crowd this morning. I'll leave it at that. But, but the five or six that were standing up in here, I thought to myself when they're standing up, they, they, they fully understand and they're fully engaged of knowing what it is that you're talking about. And you know why it is they know what you're talking about? Because sometimes when you get down to nothing, you ain't got anything but God. Then that's when you can stand up. Because you see, some, some of us can't stand up today because we got too much. We got a full tank of gas. We got some money in a wallet and you don't really need God that much right now. But if you ain't got nothing, you ain't got the health to get a job. And you living on $900 a month from the government and collecting a few dollars worth of food stamps. And you ain't got anything, then God will be your everything. See, some of us are so blessed. Sometimes it's not uh, the fact that, that we're not a poor country because the United States is not a poor country. Sometimes it's not what keeps us from God. Sometimes it's our prosperity. And sometimes we have too much. And sometimes we need to realize that we are a blessed people. But sometimes the reason why we can't get to God or we can't see God is because we ain't low enough. We got too much of us and not enough of him. Let's stand this morning.